0: Welcome to the ante-penultimate Tuesday of 2021. Also doing business as the 348th day of the year. This is the 294th installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. There are many more to come in the future due to the certainty that there will be items to write about far into the future. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, the Regional Transit Partnership ponders a potential future as a regional transit authority The University of Virginia picks two sites in Albemarle and one site in Charlottesville on which to build affordable housing. The Rivanna Conservation Alliance publishes its 2021 water quality report, and broadband expansion comes to the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. (music) On today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, Winter is here, and now is the time to think about keeping your family warm through the cold Virginia months. Make sure you are getting the most out of your home with help from your local energy nonprofit, Leap. Leap wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. the University of Virginia has announced three sites upon which it will work with a developer to build affordable housing units, two of which are in Albemarle County. These are the low-density Piedmont housing site on Fontaine Avenue and properties at the North Fork Research Park. The corner of Wirtland and 10th Street in Charlottesville is also one of the sites. President Jim Ryan made the announcement this morning in a written statement in which he said that economic growth over many decades has had a profound effect on housing in the community and that the university will work with community partners to create more housing intended for local workforce and community members who have been priced out of the local housing market. These sites could be mixed use, according to Ryan. And according to a press release on UVA Today, Piedmont would likely be completely redeveloped except for an existing structure. The Piedmont property is on the north side of Fontaine Avenue and is within Albemarle County. UVA owns this site outright. The University of Virginia Foundation purchased 1010 Wortland Street from developer Keith Woodard in February 2017 for $4 million. That was well over the $1.85 million assessment for that year. The 0.4 property is currently occupied by an apartment complex. The North Fork Research Park currently does not have any residential units. This past March, the foundation issued a request for proposals for a firm to help rezone portions of the property to the neighborhood model district zoning. The RFP states that coordination with the UVA Affordable Housing Task Force will be required. Existing leases at both Piedmont and 1010 Wirtland Street will be honored for their duration. UVA or its foundation will donate the land through a ground lease and will not contribute any actual funding to the projects. The next step is for the UVA Foundation to issue a request for qualifications for potential builders. Initial work for the project was conducted by the firm Northern Urban Real Estate Ventures. That company is now working with the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority on a master plan for sustainability. These three sites are the only ones under consideration at this time. UVA spokesman Brian Coy said the university will work with the selected firm to meet the goal of building between 1,000 and 1,500 affordable units. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District has been awarded a $79 million grant from the Virginia Telecommunications Initiative for a project to expand broadband to nearly every home across a 13-county area. Governor Ralph Northam made that announcement as part of a $722 million funding package for similar internet expansion projects across the Commonwealth. The TJPDC was the lead applicant for the RISE project, which stands for the Regional Internet Service Expansion. Several localities, including Albemarle, are contributing a total of $33.5 million as a match for the public-private partnership that involves Firefly Fiber Broadband, the Rappahannock Electric Cooperative, and Dominion Energy. Over the next three years, more than 5,000 miles of fiber will be installed across an area that spans from portions of Campbell County to the south, to Goochland County to the east, to Green County to the north. In all, the TJPDC initiative will see an additional 36,283 homes to be connected, and they can then purchase internet from Firefly Fiber or some other subsidiary. TJPDC's award is the third largest in the state. Tonight, the Albemarle Planning Commission will hold a public hearing on a rezoning for a planned residential district in the 1800 block of Avon Street Extended. Andy Reidelbach is a senior planner with the county. It involves a request to rezone
1: two parcels of land on Avon Street right south of Avenida. The two parcels
0: together total about 3.6 acres, and the applicant is requesting a maximum of 85 two-family and multi-family residential units. Reidelbach made his comments at the 5th and Avon Community Advisory Committee from November 18th. So did Kelsey Schlein with SHIMP Engineering, that's the firm that is taking the project through the review process.
1: It's designated urban density residential in the comprehensive plan. So at 24 dwelling units per acre of of a maximum density on the property, we're within the recommended density range for urban density residential.
0: Schlein said there will be a mix of housing types with triplexes, quadplexes, townhomes, and multifamily units. None of the buildings will exceed three stories. She noted that the county has adopted a corridor study that intends to make the area more hospitable to people on bikes or on foot.
1: Um, So since there is an existing sidewalk in front of Avinity that kind of extends in front of the the elementary school, we're proposing to continue that network. However, we've provided enough right-of-way Um, for a multi-use path improvement so if there's ever a um, kind of a a, you know comprehensive reimagining of of the pedestrian network on that side of Avon Street uh, this application will will have provided the right-of-way necessary for that.
0: Some members of the 5th and Avon CAC expressed concerns about traffic, the lack of a playground, and the possibility the application does not meet requirements for open space. The planning commission meets virtually beginning at 6 p.m. tonight. The quasi-government entity charged with marketing the region to tourists has updated their website. The Charlottesville-Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau launched a refreshed version last week of VisitCharlottesville.org. The designer is a firm called Tempest, as we learn in a press release. In addition to better serving visitors and industry partners, the new website will also reduce costs for the CACVB in anticipation of a significant budget decrease projected for fiscal year 23. The reduction in budget for the upcoming fiscal year is a direct result of decreased transient occupancy tax collection from local lodging properties due to the impacts of COVID-19. The Bureau is governed by a board of directors that currently includes two members of the Albemarle Board of Supervisors and two city councillors. In October, the CACVB board discussed reducing that to one elected official from each locality in favor of more representatives from the hospitality industry. For more on that, read Allison Rabel's October 25th story in the Daily Progress. For more on the hospitality industry, read a story from me from October 30th on the archive site Information Charlottesville. Both are in the newsletter. The CACVB board next meets on December 20th. With Republicans in control of the House of Delegates next year, that means Delegate Rob Bell will chair a major committee. Yesterday, incoming House Speaker Todd Gilbert assigned Bell to chair the Courts of Justice Committee and made five other appointments – They are Delegate Lee Ware of Powhatan will chair the Agriculture, Chesapeake, and Natural Resources Committee. Delegate Bobby Oreck of Caroline will chair the Health, Welfare, and Institutions Committee. Delegate Kathy Byron of Bedford will head the Labor and Commerce Committee. And Delegate Terry Austin of Botetourt will chair the Transportation Committee. The Rivanna Conservation Alliance has issued its annual stream health report based on water quality monitoring from 2018 through 2021. Based on their data, the number of impaired streams increased. The percentage of our sampled streams that failed to meet water quality standards for aquatic life grew from 68% in last year's report to 82% in this one. However, the document acknowledges difficulty in collecting data in 2018 and 2019 due to several heavy rain events that scoured stream beds and banks, as well as difficulty collecting data during the pandemic in 2020.
1: Most notably, seven of the nine sites that moved from an assessment
0: of very good or good down to fair were affected by unusually large hatches of black fly larvae, that reduced biodiversity in our samples. Another item of note in 2020 is the completion of a 15-year study on the long-term effects of large-scale water quality improvements, such as stream restoration, planting of buffers along streams, or upgrades to wastewater treatment plants. That's based on looking at all 50 monitoring sites and finding that those that improved were close to some form of a major best management practice, which is what those improvements are called. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and let's continue today with two more Patreon-fueled shout-outs. The first comes from a longtime supporter who still wants you to know, Today is a great day to spread good cheer, reach out to an old friend, compliment a stranger, or pause for a moment of gratitude to savor a delight. The second comes from a more recent supporter who wants you to go out and read a local news story written by a local journalist. Whether that be The Daily Progress, Charlottesville Tomorrow, Seville Weekly, NBC 29, CBS 19, WINA, or some other place I haven't mentioned, the community depends on a network of people writing about the community. Go learn about this place today. One last story to go today. It has been some time since I've had an update on transit issues, and now is the time to do so. Earlier this month, the members of the Regional Transit Partnership were briefed with more information about whether they should move from an advisory body into a decision-making body that can raise its own funds. Before we get into all of that, though, there is still time to take two surveys to get your input on the regional transit vision for the Charlottesville area. That's a project being led by the Thomas Jefferson Planning District to evaluate transit service in the region in order to establish a clear long-term vision for efficient, equitable, and effective transit service. One survey is on transit visioning, and the other is an interactive map that asks the question, what are the long-term transit needs for the Charlottesville region? Tim Brule is a project manager for the vision who works for the firm AECOM. You're
1: able to kind of... uh... Uh, sort of pinpoint on a map geographically some issues or, or you know, wants or desires regarding transit. We are, we are using the public survey as sort of
0: our main uh, avenue for that public feedback right now. This regional transit vision is being funded by the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation, with additional funds from the city of Charlottesville and Albemarle County. And Charlottesville Area Transit has pending route changes that have not yet been implemented. On December 2, 2021, the Jefferson Area Regional Transit Partnership got a status update on the regional transit vision. As of that date, only about 130 people had responded. Also as part of this meeting, Scudder Wagg of the firm JWA briefed the partnership members on the fact that many other transit systems in Virginia are regional. In this community, there are three major transit systems. They are Jaunt, Charlottesville Area Transit, and the University Transit Service. WAG suggested a reorganization across multiple communities that could yield more funding for expansion.
1: If you are to think about a regional funding source and a regional fund agency, then you would start to need to think about this on a more regional scale. Um, and that's where uh, you know we want to help you consider you know, how you might address that.
0: WAG said the combined operating budgets of CAT and JAUNT are around 16 million, with about half of that funding coming from local sources. He suggested that amount could increase if the community took steps to create an authority that could raise revenue through the issuance of bonds and other sources. WAG said three other regions in Virginia have managed to create authorities to expand transit and fund other transportation improvements.
1: Northern Virginia uh, is, is using a combination of a sales tax, a grantor's tax, and bond proceeds.
0: Legislation passed the General Assembly in 2009 to allow creation of a regional transit authority, but a bill to allow a local referendum on a one-cent tax increase to pay for it did not pass that year. According to the legislation, the authority could expand to include Fluvanna, Green, Louisa, and Nelson counties. In the next General Assembly, Charlottesville is seeking a referendum for a one cent sales tax for the purposes of funding the reconfiguration of the city's schools. The director of Charlottesville Area Transit would encourage elected officials to pursue additional sources of funding, perhaps through an authority. Here's Garland Williams.
1: This is an avenue we do need to explore um, and consider seriously um, to make sure that this happens. Eventually, in the next three to five years.
0: Albemarle Supervisor Diantha McKeel said the point of the Regional Transit Partnership when it was created was to prepare for an eventual next step.
1: When this Regional Transit Partnership was established, ours, the intent was for it to be the first step in uh, in working towards an authority.
0: Becca White, Director of Parking and Transportation at UVA, said the University Transit Service serves a small footprint and is a last-mile service intended to relieve congestion and to shuttle people from parking lots. However, she said that there are some portions of the city's neighborhoods and the counties that are covered. However, she said there are some parts of Charlottesville and Albemarle that are covered exclusively by UTS service, including Fontaine Avenue and Ivy Road. The members of the partnership directed WAG to base the next set of potential scenarios for expanded service based on a theoretical $30 million budget.
1: We'll have two scenarios. We'll have maps showing, okay, what, where would routes go, how frequently, all of that sort of stuff. And then what would the outcomes of some of those things be in terms of how many more jobs could people in Greene County reach? In an hour by transit, or how many, you know, uh, how much, uh, how many more people would have access to, you know, different kinds of transit services in different places?
0: A second round of public engagement for the regional transit vision will begin early next year, and the study is to be completed by the summer of 2022. Want to help influence it? Fill out those surveys. There's a link to several other resources at the bottom of the newsletter. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Goodbye, 294. Special thanks to Jen Fenazzo for providing some of the voice work in today's show. I'll get to work on 295 as soon as I hit send. But before then, I just want to thank everybody who is subscribing uh, and paying something in. This is, of course, something that I am doing as my sole source of income these days. This, this uh, information gathering and producing. There's a lot more to come in 2022. Uh, it's been a pretty successful year in terms of uh, getting this out and continuing to keep doing it. And I foresee continuing that into the future. If you would like to make sure that uh, future comes true, one thing you can do, of course, is to uh, help pay for it. And one way, of course, you can do that is through Substack. The company Ting will match your very first uh, donation through that. So whether it be $5 a month, $50 a year or $200 a year, the company Ting will match that. And I will also send you a nice thank you note and give you the secrets. Uh, I'm Sean Tubbs. That is my secret. And I will be back in the near future with another installment. Thanks again for listening and uh, thanks for the support. Please do send it on to somebody else. There's lots of information in each and every single one of these. And I really want more people to just get it to be able to take a look. Thanks again. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay hydrated.